How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. Welcome to Locked on Bucks, brought to you by brewhoop.com. I am Eric Name. With me, as always, is Frank Madden. Frank, I've heard you've had a busy day. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I I mean, the Bucks won a game in which Giannis triple-doubled, so, of course, everything is once again right in Bucks Nation, and people seem to be happy. I think maybe that's all that... I mean, we should have known that from last year. As long as Giannis gets triple-doubles, everybody's happy, right? That's basically how this works. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board, right? I, yeah, that's how I've kind of understood this whole agreement. Um, so yeah, that that makes that makes complete sense. Uh, today we're also brought to you by SeatGeek. Of course, we talk about SeatGeek all the time because it is so wonderful. And as always, you can use our promo code L O B U C K S. Again, that's L O Bucks is the promo code that'll get you a twenty dollar rebate on your first purchase. So go ahead and use that today and shop for some awesome tickets. The Bucks have. Uh, another home game this week on Friday. They will take on the Toronto Raptors. So if you're in town, I, I know Thanksgiving's around. You might want to say, "Hey, I'm I'm back in Milwaukee. I want to watch some Bucks basketball." And since Giannis is coming off a triple double game, you may be even more encouraged to do that rather than some of the other performances the Bucks have had this season. So following up that one, it's going to be great, and they're going to have three days off in between. So. Everything should be wonderful. So yeah, yeah. I mean, when when have the Bucks ever played poorly after a bunch of days off? Right? I don't, Never. I don't. I don't think this year <laughs> have have they done that this year, Frank? I I don't know. I don't pay much attention to the team. I don't know if they've done that. So don't. I don't. I don't think you should worry about that. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, all right. So tonight uh, we are recording this here right after the Bucks beat the Orlando Orlando Magic ninety three to eighty nine, and in that victory, like you said, Frank. Story has to be Giannis, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 5 steals, 3 blocks. I thought he had 4 blocks. Apparently one of the blocks he got was recorded as a steal, so that helped him get the 5 by 4 um, I don't know if I'd be more happy if it was a triple-double with a, a 2 by 4 along with it. Um, <laughs> I might have been okay with that, but either way, close to a 5 to 5 or a 5 by 5 and he just kind of dominated the game let's just hop into Giannis thoughts happy thoughts and we're not complaining and yelling at each other and yelling about the Bucks. celebrate Frank give me what you got well the crazy part is that Giannis and Jabari get pulled uh I think four minutes into the game after Orlando gets off to the fast start sort of everything you would have been worried about the Bucks after this <laughs> you know big I don't want to call it a high because obviously I mean they, they didn't win on Saturday but they played very well you know fought tooth and nail against yep. a, a great warrior team, um, played with energy, a great crowd. Giannis talked after the game about, you know, the importance of having that support and kind of sort of quietly pled to, to Bucks fans to come out and support them. Yep. And of course, tonight, Monday, a Monday in November against the Magic, not a great crowd uh, in, in, in relative to what we saw on Saturday night. And it seemed like the Bucks kind of, 
came out sort of reflecting that in a way and, and came out very slow. They were down, I think, 16 to 2. They were down 14 to 2, I think, when Giannis and Jabari got pulled for Della Vidova, or sorry, for Beasley and Toledovic. Oh, and um, Delhi came out too. Delhi yes. came out too because he had five turnovers in that stint. Wait, he had five turnovers in the not in the first four minutes, but he had six in the game. It was but, it's four or five in those first. Let me see, four turnovers in the first five minutes. Oh my god, well that's incredible. Yeah, I mean Delavidovo. I mean he got. I mean Peyton just kind of owned him most of the night, which is sad because I don't think Alfred Peyton is particularly good. Um, but starting from that kind of <laughs> negative, uh, Michael Beasley came in and gave them a major shot in the arm. I mean he he I think he missed most you know five of his last seven and and kind of his efficient night kind of went out the window a little Not bit great but in the second half. um yeah but you know it was sort of he he played the the key role i think in that first quarter Absolutely. um when things were just not going i mean if you're the thing is kind of those things if the ball is moving well mirza toledovich is great to have in the game if the ball is <laughs> if nobody is moving and doing anything then i guess beasley is fine because beasley doesn't really need anybody to do anything he's just gonna you know break plays and try to make one-on-one moves and he's good it, enough that he can score that way it's and kind that's of, what he did it's kind of funny you say that because when you watch the magic it's like good god they could use any guy like that like like they just are so they just don't have any creators. Like just watching them just makes you sad because there's it just doesn't make sense. There's no one that can create anything off the dribble, and yeah, everything was going terribly with the first unit. And bring Beasley on and just give him the keys. And some nights it's going to work, um, and especially like you said on nights when the ball's not moving, it, it, it can work. Yeah, and I mean they were I mean he, they were even until Giannis came in. So it was 26 to 14 when Giannis and Jabari came back in. So it's not like, you know, Beasley and Toledovic and that group like, you know, brought them back or something <laughs> yeah. like that, but um they at least scored some points and then Giannis and Jabari came back and um you know, that early benching seemed to be the kick in the ass they needed. So hey, uh, we always complain about Jason Kidd rotation, so we got to tip our hat and say uh, that was what that team needed at that point, taking those guys out early, uh, giving them that early rest also let them come back. They both played the remainder of the first half. Um, Jabari, I don't think, took a shot in the first quarter, uh, but gave Giannis a dish for a dunk late in the period, got it to 27-20, and then uh, in that second quarter, they just really started to push the tempo and get out and uh, get easy baskets. Giannis, I think, had eight free throws in that quarter alone. Um, and Jabari hit his first of five threes, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Um, <laughs> a quick tip of the hat as well to the Magic for those 19 first half turnovers, yeah, uh, allowing the Bucks yeah. to actually get back in that one. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminded me of the Sacramento game in terms of the other team. You know, it was like the Bucks defense just looked like it was flying all over the place and yep. Uh, you know, th- they were handsy and, and getting getting deflections and forcing turnovers. And, um, you know, uh, y- y- the Bucks are never going to force that many turnovers without the other team helping them <laughs> to some extent. Yeah. And clearly that was that was part of it for the Magic. Um, so, yeah, they go into halftime with with all this momentum. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the, the seven nothing run to start the third quarter. So they they lost it all over uh, a- over halftime. But um, that's when Jabari Parker got hot. And I, I mean, I was kind of beside myself watching Jabari stroke three pointers, and that I mean, hit three in a row at one point. Yeah, uh, three in a row, and I, the fourth one came 
relatively shortly after it, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it it was it was impressive. Right wing, he, he was just stepping into it and and knocking him down. And yeah, when when Jabari does that, uh, like I didn't, I don't even, I'm trying to think. Last game, he hit a bunch of threes. I tweeted out if he's hitting threes, his ceiling as a scorer is pretty much non-existent. Because uh, if if he can do that, I, I, good luck. Good luck trying to stop him. And yeah, that that third quarter, he carried them. Their defense was garbage uh, in that third quarter. They weren't forcing turnovers. They they were essentially just trading baskets. But luckily, they they could kind of survive that third quarter uh, before heading into the fourth. And then down the stretch, it was uh, a little bit touch and go, and the Bucks took control. It seemed at the start of that fourth quarter, obviously allowed a 9-0 run from the Magic to tie back up at 85, but then uh, the Bucks finished it off down down the stretch, and really it shouldn't have been as close as it was. Jabari misses four free throws late, I believe. Uh, so if he hits those free throws, uh, you're looking at a game that's probably not as close as that 93-89 score would suggest, but uh, they took care of business down the stretch, and uh at the end i i mentioned with both Giannis and delhi and jabari that it, it seems easier for them when they try to include more of those three in their action late in games so late in the game they they want a lot to either delhi getting the ball on the left wing getting a double pick and roll from Giannis and Plumley, and then dribbling out, kicking over to Giannis, and then Delhi coming to set a screen, or vice versa, where uh, Giannis would set the first screen, then get the ball, and so it, it was kind of double screen, uh, double pick and roll action with with those two kind of leading the way, and then they could kick to Jabari sometimes, and he could get loose a little bit, and I, I mentioned how easy it looked, and Jabari, or excuse me, Giannis said post game like. Yeah, it is pretty easy. Um, and then he he mentioned that it, it makes it a lot easier. And then I and then out of nowhere, he's just like, and just imagine when Chris gets back, how how easy it's going to be. You're going to have Chris. You're going to have me. You're going to have JP. You're going to have Deli creating. And then he goes, "Woo, it's going to be tough to guard." <laughs> it, it was just funny that he was so. Uh, so emotive in that moment because uh, it, it, Giannis this season has been a little bit more on the safe side, uh, more poli- polished side, giving us a bunch of critique dancers. Uh, but that one was was pretty honest and pretty fun. Yeah, I think the you know for me the the uh, well aside from Giannis, obviously the the storyline um, was once again the the small lineup in the fourth quarter giving them a, a major boost. They co- they come into the final quarter down five. Uh, they start that quarter with this time Toledovich, Beasley, and Giannis um, as sort of the front line there. Uh, and obviously this is now becoming kind of a recurring theme here that Jason Kidd goes small uh, to start a fourth quarter. Um, he also had, let's see, uh, Jason Terry and Brogdon out there uh, with them. Brogdon and Delvedova were both really bad in the first three quarters. Um, Brogdon, I think, was 0 for 5. Um, but then Brogdon got them kind of off to a quick start. He had a three-point play. Uh, Toledovich uh, hit what a three and then had a layup off a yep. awesome around the back pass from Giannis um, and it, it was just you know watching Giannis tonight in the open court I mean we see it all the time but 
I just like had this vision of him. It was like watching, uh, you know, like a great hockey player just flying up the ice on an odd man rush or something like that. It's not even like he's running. I mean, he's just so I mean, it's just so effortless. Um, It's it's just such a sight to see, especially when, you know, they're playing a team that that is turning the ball over and struggling in transition. And, um, you know, he's just running riot out there. It was just uh, so fun to watch. I don't think I was ready for a hockey cross sport comparison for Giannis tonight. Um, that was, that was not what I was expecting out of you, Frank. I don't know. Just like the way he's just like, I I mean, he's just like, like gliding by guys, you know, it's just, uh, it's just like, you shouldn't be able to do this at that size. it, It was especially fun to watch in that fourth quarter because a lot of the time it wasn't, it wasn't Giannis grabbing the rebound. It was Giannis like getting the ball near half court. And it's kind of like you said, that would be what it would be in a hockey game where all of a sudden that guy, the guy, is is getting that touch around around the middle of the ice and then he's just opening up the possibilities for everyone else out there. And, yeah, it, it it's a – it's an apt analogy, Frank. I will give you that. Uh, it, it was very good. Um, but, yeah, th- that's really what it felt like. And I tweeted something about it, but that action that they were running, like imagine if you're said person that's tasked with guarding Giannis late in the game and you see a possession where within 15 seconds you're asked to guard Giannis on the left wing then guard him as Delhi sets a screen and Plumley sets a screen to try to free him to get to the basket. You successfully do that. Congratulations, you've done well. You, you've allowed Giannis to. You've kept Giannis from getting to the lane. Then Giannis swings it over to Delhi, and then that side of the floor is cleared out. And then Giannis comes over, sets a pick and roll. So now you have to successfully hedge on Delhi and to start the four, or at the start of that little run they didn't do it and Delhi shot had a wide open three he missed it but again you failed once there so then if you successfully successfully hedge on Delhi oh Giannis is the role man and he's gonna get a dunk and that's exactly what happened <laughs> and it's to me how someone would prepare for that how you would as a defender handle that how the hell are you gonna guard it, it you it just like you have to be so locked in, so focused, so talented that you can guard all of that action in a ten to fifteen second span. It's insane late in games what players would would have to go through to successfully cover Giannis, and then you add in Delhi shooting well, you add in Jabari shooting well. If you add in any of those other things, good luck. Yeah, and it was interesting because uh, you know if we're going to talk about the, the the small lineup giving them that sixteen to two run to start the period, um, you know, the, first off, one one of the interesting thing I thought about that was uh, the lineup they ran that against was Biombo, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, um, C.J. Watson, D.J. Augustine. So it, kind of interesting because you know against like the Warriors, for instance, I mean you're just trying to fight fire with fire against their yep. small lineup. Um, this was a little bit different. I mean, it wasn't the kind of the jumbo starting lineup that they that they put out there with Ibaka and Vucevic. Uh, but obviously, Biombo is a traditional center. Um, I mean, Gordon is a four who's been miscast as a three. Like, uh, yeah, I don't. I can't even imagine being a Magic fan having to watch Aaron Gordon, you know, try to dribble twenty five <laughs> feet from the basket. He's got. I mean, he's got like those like mixtape handles where it's like, okay, yeah. you look like you can dribble, but you don't know how to use it productively to actually do anything. Seriously, um, like, if you think, if you think. 
Giannis or Jabari is being mishandled. Oh. <laughs> like, like watch Aaron Gordon. Like what it, what are they doing to that poor kid? Yeah. I feel terrible for him. They he's out he's expected to dribble. They ask him to play make a little bit. Like what are you doing? Just put him in pick and rolls and let him smash on people. Yeah. That's Aaron Gordon. If anything, he's a small ball five and a four all the time. Not the opposite way. Like don't don't push him down to a three. Yeah. It's just weird. Um but uh, when, you know, eventually uh, the Magic did come back with the Baca and Vucevic, and that's when they went eventually on a 9-0 run, um, which I think the tail end of that, they they brought in uh, back to a more traditional lineup. They brought in Henson. And, and, and you know, perhaps not surprisingly, they ran out of gas a little bit. They were getting beat on the offensive boards, um, kind of showing the limitations of, of running small lineups all the time. But, you know, it certainly served its purpose. They got out to that, you know, fast sort of start to play from the front uh and then they kind of brought henson back in and i got nervous when henson came back in because i just think of henson as you know his whatever his his net rating is is minus 17 or whatever it is like just you know it's like a little storm cloud that just follows him around where where, whatever he does just it just seems like they get outscored when he's on the court or his minus Um, 12 tonight yeah exactly um but uh, he had a couple actually important defensive plays. Yep. I think he might have had a block or two late Good. in the game. I, I was expecting a foul call. Um, so, you know, he par- helped them kind of hold it down there uh, in the end. I think, uh, let's see, he had a couple rebounds, uh, one block, uh, missed one shot. But um, the funny but thing, yes. as, as I say, the funny thing with the small lineup is you mentioned how it gets off to that big run and then they'd run out of gas a little bit, which... I guess as long as as long as Jason doesn't stretch it out too far, because he loves stretching out that unit that starts the fourth quarter. Anytime there's some bench guys involved, he he loves to ride it as long as possible. And tonight, he, I mean, I'm not gonna say he pulled them out at the perfect time because obviously we saw that run. <laughs> but if he can kind of play that right, maybe you can actually feel the benefits of. A, a really good run to start it and hopefully mitigate the the damage that is done is that that unit plays too long yeah and tonight it, you know it kind of worked out um obviously they they gave up the lead they ended up getting it tied at 85 but they respond with that five nothing run and della vadova to his credit i mean as we said another bad game from delhi I and mean, this is probably uh the worst three quarters maybe we've seen from him i mean some of the passes he made oh you know some of these gosh. I mean, it was just really bad decision making, which you don't really think of him. You know, I mean, I always think of him as being uh, a guy who, you know, and maybe I'm just like being stereotypical because he's like some scrappy little white guy. And you just be like, oh, that guy makes good decisions. Like, well, sometimes not so much. I feel like Um, I always feel comfortable thinking his turnovers come from a lack of athleticism. Like if he would have got say he got picked twice by Alfred Payton tonight in that first quarter, I'd have been like, okay. You know what? That that'll happen sometimes. Like they're asking him to do a little bit too much. He was handing the ball a little bit more than he should, and he got picked. But it was, it was passes. I mean, yeah, just I, bad. I'm, I'm okay with having ill-conceived passes. I'm happy with having confidence in Jabari Parker to go up and get alley oops. But if there are three defenders there, you can't throw it 15 feet in the air and ask Jabari to somehow make a play like that. It's just not going to work. So there there was some some bad ones. Yeah, um, but. But to his credit, um, he was at the center of that 5-0 run that, that basically sealed the game uh, in the final, like, what was it, five minutes or so. Um, 
from the 424 mark to the 237 mark, uh, Giannis and, and Delhi two-man game. Uh, first sets up a, a Delhi three, and then Delhi on the pick and roll uh, finds Giannis rolling with a nice little pocket pass. I thought when I saw it live, maybe Giannis might have traveled, but whatever. Went up, dunked it, uh, gave them the five five uh, point lead the nice and, thing is uh, i don't get really really to get to see replays in arena so i i thought like yeah that's probably travel but i didn't have to worry about it ever again like i just started focusing on whatever's on my computer and it was like okay it's fine yeah it, it might not have been i i didn't see a replay but it just felt like it was a little unnatural and Agreed. there was there was another play like that by Giannis in transition earlier um and it, it felt like this was a game where they kind of let Giannis play defensively a bit which uh you know is a nice change of pace because I felt like the last week or two uh and again I'm, I don't feel like I'm a person who gets you know blame stuff on officiating uh I'm not saying the Bucks lost games because of officiating but um but obviously we've been a bit frustrated with especially Jabari's lack of calls uh, and tonight, I, you know, I don't think that you would argue that at all. You know, Giannis, nine, nine free throws, uh, nine out of nine tonight. Um, but one thing I'm fascinated by, is there a day where Giannis is going to figure out the Harden arms? And when I say the Harden arms, I mean that it's seemingly innate ability that Harden has to somehow stretch his arms out on a Euro step and find every limb of opponents that could ever be there and then somehow still miraculously finish. Like Giannis is getting close to mastering that, right? Like he's, he's going to have that in the next couple of years. Right. Yeah. I mean, he sometimes does that when he's like kind of, he'll like slow himself down a little bit yeah, and he'll yeah. stick his arms way out. But it seems to be more of like a means of just keeping the ball away from people. Cause his arms are so damn long. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like he's going to start searching that contact out at some point. Like right now he's doing yeah. it to like not get the ball stolen. But I feel like, Again, I don't know if anyone's ever going to be as good at, at it as Harden is because he, uh, he is a maestro at one of the ugliest skills I've ever seen. Um, but, man, if Giannis starts to do that, there's just going to be games where he just racks up free throw attempts. Yeah, and, I mean, we've talked about before. It's it's interesting to compare him and Jabari, right, because Jabari draws contact through his body, and I think that's just – harder it, it just officials are sometimes just not going to give those types of calls especially if you're initiating contact uh and whereas with, if you're barrel chest like jabari like he's just yeah. a big dude and like he's just bullying yeah. and like he, the like the person he hits is always going backwards because jabari's just so big like and, and that's not his fault like he is getting fouled but he's winning the battle like if this was the line of scrimmage of a football game like he's getting the push it, it was definitely, a, you know, I, I mean, and, and I don't know. I mean, a, a couple of those fouls were Giannis in the open court against, you know, midgets, and they were just trying to foul him and, and hang on for dear life uh, in that second quarter. Uh, I think he only had one free throw in the entire second half, and it was on a, uh, 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 I always want to call it an illegal defense because I'm a child of the 90s NBA, but a defensive three-second, yeah. which is interesting. I never would have thought Giannis would be the guy shooting a defensive three-second. I was uh, going to tweet something but, out about it, but I didn't know if that was normal. Is No, I don't, normal, I, don't right? think I've, I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, I mean, usually there's a better free throw shooter on the court, but um, I mean, Giannis has been pretty good this year. Uh, of course, Jabari had been great this year before tonight, and then he misses four out of five. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, we haven't really – I mean, Jabari, I guess we, we hinted, hinted at it, but um, Jabari getting hot, hitting five out of seven from three. Uh, he's up to, I think, 38% now on the season. And um, He was 31 before the game. That's it's important to note. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been up and down. But, 
you know, him getting really confident and just looking for that three point shot like he was in the third quarter. Uh, I mean, that just is a totally different type of player than what we're used to. And and obviously, you know, again, we talk a lot about that shot equity, uh, trying to become a threat out there. And when he's got that, uh, he's just a different type of player. And and we saw it tonight as well. Um, it, it was interesting. I mean, I think one of the it's always a challenge for defenses to figure out how they play Giannis because, you know, typically they're going to obviously give him cushion to try to give up the jumper and and you know hang back and try to wall off the the lane a little bit but um but it's difficult because you know Giannis and Jabari become so good at um kind of running into their catches when the ball is swung around the perimeter so they can kind of um catch with you know they're not catching and and uh you know pondering what to do they're catching and sort of immediately attacking um, especially when teams are kind of giving them those soft closeouts, and they've become just so good at uh, at at getting a to you know getting a step on on defenses that way, and using that kind of you know even even when they're not kind of closing out really hard, um, getting getting in position where they can attack. And I think one more thought on Jabari. Um, I feel like the last three or four games, we've talked a lot about him and his playmaking, and can he become a better playmaker? And it's not like they are you know having him bring the ball up and going into a high pick and roll and being really deliberate about it. But I feel like Jabari has shown a lot of nice stuff the last few games in terms of his playmaking and finding guys and even, even getting deep into the paint. He seems to be showing better awareness of shooters on the perimeter. Um, and, and not just kind of putting his head down, which obviously a lot of guys, you know, will pass on the perimeter or they'll pass if they get, you know, a step uh, off the dribble but a lot of guys, once they get into that paint, who are scorers, they're putting their head down and they're getting to the rim. And Jabari, I think, is becoming more and more aware of what's going on around him, which, um, you know, especially if you can surround him with a couple guys who can knock down shots, that obviously becomes a very, very valuable skill. Uh, one thing I wanted to, so Jabari, you mentioned the shooting. Um, I want to read this quote that I got from him after the game because I think every Bucks fan on earth is going to love it. Uh, <laughs> but. I asked Jabari, like, when you have it going like that and you keep getting the ball in the same spot and your feet are set, like, does it just feel like it's going in no matter what? And then he was like, I mean, obviously, there's no good way to ask that question after games. Like, tell me how great you are, Jabari. Thank you. Um, But he said, yeah, definitely. And then this is the part everyone's going to love. Just got to shoot it while it's open. And if you miss it, you know. Hell with it, because I think other guys who shoot them don't think about it, so why can't I do the same thing? <laughs> yes, Javari. 100%. Hell with it. Hell with it. Put it up. Uh, this was this was a standout uh, interview night for Javari, right? Because normally he's like just the worst interview, and tonight he... Uh... He actually gave us that, and he gave us some, you know, feel good, uh, love playing with Giannis quotes. So uh, he was. So good. you guys, he was you, good tonight. He was very yeah. good tonight. So, um, yeah. Any oh, other sorry. kind of thoughts uh, about his drives? I do. I would agree. I think, really, I think it's something that, obviously, Giannis on a on a greater scale, but Jabari at the same time. I think both of them are more aware this season of their surroundings on drives. And while with Giannis, it's okay on this pick and roll, I might not have, 
I might not have the roll man. I might not have a close cutter. I might need to throw a skip pass. Or uh, in the fourth, there was a play that he made where he was driving in and then kind of threw one over to the right side to Snell for a corner three. Snell missed it, but it was tremendous playmaking. It was a middle pick and roll, saw it out of the corner of his eye, kicked it out to Snell, and you think, that's it. <laughs> that's what that's what everyone's been talking about. That's his vision. That's him having a great understanding of the game. That's him getting it and being a, a true lead playmaker. And I, I, Jabari isn't to that level yet that we see with Giannis, but he is like just the step behind where we started to see with Giannis last year that Giannis is a, a talented passer and he understands things. And Jabari is understanding those same things when he drives to the basket. He's understanding that. I don't necessarily have to force this up. I can find a cutter. I can find my big man rolling. I, I can kick it out if I'm in trouble. And he's not making the same elite level passes that Giannis makes at times, but he is starting to make those passes more consistently. And and that's significant. Uh, the, uh, the, again, we're not seeing side pick and rolls for Jabari, and we're not seeing Jabari initiate the offense. But I don't know if that's necessarily what we need to see right now because – you just need to see him keep getting better, keep getting more comfortable, keep understanding that he can be a passer and a playmaker and not just a scorer. And and we're definitely seeing that, at least thus far this season. Yeah, and I think um, the other topic that we need to touch on, I don't want to talk about it a lot because we we beat it to death yesterday, but Greg Monroe played... <laughs> Yeah, uh, and the Bucks actually were, were had a nice run with him in. They were plus nine in his eight minutes in the second quarter. Um, he missed a couple shots early. He was getting frustrated. He wanted a couple foul calls, um, but you know had a took a charge, had a steal, had a block, um, and uh, he caught a uh, fastball. What from, was Brogdon thinking there? If we're talking about how bad the point guards have been, that pass like it turned yeah. into maybe he got an assist out of it, but. Don't ever throw that ball to Moose. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Greg Monroe is running up the right side of the court, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon fires a fastball at him. And literally, like, a second before it's about to just, like, hit him, Greg Monroe turns around <laughs> and catches it. And I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm shocked he caught the ball and, uh, you know, maybe took one dribble and, and, and dunked it and uh, it was probably released some, of his, released some of his frustration. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what there's to say. I mean... Greg Monroe for eight minutes like again you know we're what a week since Jason Kidd said he's only going to play two centers and now he's playing three again and then I, playing none at all like it's just bizarre right I mean I, look I, I don't know is it better to play Greg Monroe eight minutes and no minutes I guess um but it's still sort of a just strange situation especially because Plumley and I mean Plumley and Henson played well against the the Warriors um yep. but you know, obviously that has not been a much of a theme for, for the regular season. So, uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where Greg's head is. Uh, but obviously kid is, I think kind of playing with fire as far as, uh, you know, managing that, that situation. Um, and as we said, I think we both still feel like Greg Monroe is good enough and the bucks have been good with him on the court, regardless of whether or not, uh, you know, He's the ideal fit with the starters. Um, you know, if if it's a meritocracy and you play guys who play well, uh, 
it feels like Greg Monroe should probably get some minutes. Um, and I guess we'll see what happens from here on out. And I guess it's going to be even more interesting to watch that the Bucks signers tonight only played 40 minutes combined because because they go with an eight-minute stretch of Giannis at center. So it seems like Jason enjoys that fourth quarter starting unit with like the small ball to start the fourth quarter. If that continues, even if you're sitting out one of the three centers, you probably still don't have enough minutes to please two centers. Like it, it, the the minutes that go to Buck centers appears to be shrinking as we go along, and that's not ideal. Um, I mean, maybe it's ideal for performance, like because Henson and Plumlee aren't playing great. Um, but it's like you said, they're playing with fire, and it's going to be scary to to kind of watch how all three of those guys deal with it. And, and I know we've said before, like Henson and Plumlee seem like guys that. Who knows? Maybe they they don't necessarily care a lot, um, and they've been in that situation before, and they've been benched before. Greg hasn't really gone through that, and Greg is getting paid a lot of money, and Greg has performed well this season. So uh, it's going to be interesting. That, that I mean, that's really all we can say at this point. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, next game out is on Friday uh, against the – Raptors, a team that uh, I don't know. I, I feel like every home game I've seen recently against the Raptors has been just uh, – I, I saw them play I, in person last year. I think it was like right after Christmas, and they just blitzed the hell out of the Bucks. And this, I think it was in the second half. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's a team when uh, – fortunately, Luis Skoll is no longer on the team, you know, because oh, yeah. his, his corner threes were really just daggers because uh, he's Luis Skoll. But um, they still have a, obviously a lot of other guys, and – um, you know, I, I, I'd rather get death by DeMar Rose in mid-range jump shots than death by Luis Scola corner threes. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I may, I may get my wish, um, on this, this week, but, um, in any case, I, I think that's it for tonight, right? I mean, we actually had some positive stuff to talk about yeah, for that's a change. It. We'll, we'll forget about all of our worries when Giannis picks up triple doubles and again, 21, 10, 10, Five and three for Giannis Adetokounmpo. Uh, pretty special night for him. Bucks pull out the 93-89 victory. Three days off now until Friday against the Raptors. I'm not sure what we're going to do with this week yet because um, I know both of us are very thankful for our families. And uh, I would assume you won't see a full schedule from us this year. Um, we might skip you on Thanksgiving Day or maybe Friday. I don't know. But we'll figure it out. Um but, yeah, so thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, though. I can guarantee that. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We can talk a little bit more about this victory and all the other things going on in the Bucks universe. Uh, again, this has been Locked on Bucks. It's been presented to you by SeatGeek, L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, L-O-Bucks is the promo code. Go there today. Put it on the app. Enter the promo code. Get a $20 rebate on your first purchase at SeatGeek. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.